0: um go com by fans for fans since 1999
1: hello welcome to the um go com podcast this is phil callahan along with
0: clint derringer
1: and we're going to discuss michigan's opening season victory over middle tennessee state by a score of 40 to 21 well clint what'd you think about that one
0: i think there was a lot there that was positive a lot to build on and uh not quite as much, but uh, still a significant amount to uh, to improve. Some things to clean up, and 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 certainly some room for improvement. I uh, I was encouraged by uh, by seeing the, the changes, especially on offense. There were a couple changes that we saw on defense. I think those were uh, were net positives, and uh, you know I, I expected to see some some wrinkles that needed to be ironed out, and and those were those were laid bare. You know, but uh, I was I was pretty uncomfortable there after the first snap of the game, uh, turning the ball over. That that was that was awkward and uncomfortable. And then seeing two guys fall off of the uh, Middle Tennessee State quarterback, and he runs in for a touchdown. I uh, I started to get a little tense there. But once once Michigan settled in, I was I was pretty happy with what I saw. And uh, you know, I I overall a net positive And and as a as a fan, and and, and I'm sure what the coaches are going to zoom in on and on cleaning up uh, a lot of opportunities for improvement.
1: One thing that I didn't like, I didn't appreciate seeing Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey in the uh, formation together. Uh, Primarily, while I understand the intent, the intent is to to give a wrinkle to the offense uh, to cause other teams to, to, to... Question, uh, you know the different plays that Michigan can do, but I was a little disappointed to see them both get hit so early uh, on in the season. Um, we know that Shea Patterson actually uh, got a little dinged up, and uh, Coach Harbaugh mentioned that in the in the post game. And and again, I, I know that you know the, the thought is for this to be an explosive formation, but to see Dylan McCaffrey getting pounded. As he was uh, running plays, and and then to have Shea get dinged up, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, you know, and again, you, you also mentioned that you know the the early turnover. That is definitely something that you know we don't want to see too much of. And thankfully, Middle Tennessee State was not a an opponent that that was going to make Michigan pay too much, and it wasn't going to put the game in jeopardy. Um, now, I, I will say that when you're looking at the final score. Um, a little closer than I would have liked, but I really chalk that up to, you know, you have a, a lot of places, a, a lot of positions on defense that are being, you know, have new guys up, you know, new men in place, and also trying to find a rhythm, uh, for the new offense. So definitely a, a new look. Um, I don't think uh, we saw Michigan. Uh, you know, I don't. I can't think of one time that we saw a quarterback under center. So so that was an interesting thing to see. Um, you know, one of the nice things to see was, was Zach Shabana, um, you know, basically, you know, really grabbing that running back position. So that was, that was kind of a surprise. It was also nice to see Amber Thomas just really dominate on defense, especially since he was, you know, uh, rumored to, to have been questionable for the game. He, he definitely played and he definitely was dominant.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that was the most uh, pleasant surprise uh, for him to play at all, but to play so well, be named Defensive Player of the Game was absolutely outstanding. So, huge, huge tip of the cap to Ambry Thomas, showing a lot, a lot of guts and a lot, a lot of toughness. So, uh, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think that um, was a big flip um, for me and for for a lot of fans out there uh, questioning the depth that cornerback and in the back uh, you know with the defensive backfield and seeing the way that Vincent Gray and Ambry Thomas played Saturday night uh, put a lot of those fears um, to rest at least for now um, I think your first three corners with Lavert Hill and those two guys that I mentioned I think you're you're solid and, and we know that Daxton uh, Hill at safety is, is going to get some run at nickel he's he's only going to improve every week by leaps and bounds so Um, They may be a little bit thin just because of lack of experience, but we know that those guys are going to get snaps here early in the season and and they're going to grow through September and October. So that that was uh, a great positive. Another another big thing that I think was uh, quite a standout was Michigan still struggles to punch the ball into the end zone when we get into – the other team's red zone or within their 40-yard line. You know, what, uh, what we analyzed with the SP Plus uh, numbers as inside the other team's 40. Um, both times that Middle Tennessee got the ball inside of Michigan 40 because of turnovers, the fumble in the opening snap, they were just outside the 40, but they picked up a first down right away. And then the mucked punt by LaVert Hill gave them the ball inside the 40. Both of those they cashed in for touchdowns pretty quickly. Uh, Michigan had a lot more opportunities, but only averaged 4.9 points per trip inside the 40. So that's much—I uh, mean, that's almost as close to a field goal every time as it is to a touchdown. So that's uh, still something that lags behind Michigan's struggles in that finishing drives metric. And uh, even in a game that they won um, pretty comfortably and 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 dominated certain aspects of the game that one tends to – that particular metric of finishing drives inside the 40 uh, still stands out and it it tends to really tighten these games that feel like Michigan should be pulling away um, and perhaps covering the spread, but they they don't because they give up uh, a lot more points inside of our own 40 than than we can actually punch it in when we get inside their 40. So something to keep an eye out and certainly something that the numbers – uh, we hope to see that turnaround uh, improve over last year for sure.
1: Well, speaking of finishing drives, I found myself on on some of the third and shorts, looking for Ben Mason to come in. and you know, remi- remembering that, oh, he's been moved to the defensive line, which I think was, you know, partially due to them wanting to have more depth there. But also, I don't see in the new formation, him really, uh, that position really being used a lot. So I, I, again, you know, you have to kind of re-gear for the new season. I was still in last season mode going, oh, well, you know, third and short, it's time for Ben Mason to come in and pound it. Oh, no, he's not going to be doing that. So uh, it's one of the things I think that they need to work out in the new offensive set. Um, Another thing that surprised me is it seemed, and, and I guess not so much of a surprise, but an observation that, you know the defense comes along usually faster than the offense in the early season and even though Michigan was signaling in plays from the sideline that process does not seem to be as fluid as, as it's going to need to be moving forward so um still seem to be a little bit of confusion of uh getting everybody where they needed to be when they needed to be so again I, I think you know if this was game five or six I'd be super concerned um not real super concerned right now. Just an observation.
0: Yeah, I agree that those things I think will will iron themselves out. I think uh, Michigan ended up running seventy-eight or seventy-nine offensive snaps, uh, which is nine or ten higher than what they averaged last year. So the the increased tempo is uh, is yielding, you know, uh, increased output. At least, um, I think that'll. You know, we'll see against uh, different competition. You know, whether it translates to more points and and more wins, of course, uh, are what matters. But just to see more snaps happen, it was great. I I still think that the up tempo terminology uh, is a little bit overblown in the media for what this team is going to be. Uh, you and I talked about this offline before. I don't think Gaddis. It, this is not like Oregon under Chip Kelly, where they're going to try to snap the ball every 15 seconds. You know, they, they, they want to get to the line of scrimmage. They want to line up. They want to give the offensive coordinator up in the box a look at how the defense is going to line up, see if they can uh, pick up any tendencies or, or if the defense will tip their hand on any blitzes, and then they signal the call. And so it's, it is going to be faster than last year because you're going to get much slower than, than Harbaugh's the typical offense over the last couple of years, especially with Type Hamilton, but um this is not a big neck pace. Um it does It provides us flexibility to be more effective in the two minute drills. So where we really want to zoom in on the feed and space new offense on our gattis in terms of tempo it's at the end of the half and, and at the end of the game or if they do find a personnel matchup that it works to their advantage, then you'll probably see those guys step on the gas a little bit more and the ball will get snapped a little bit more quickly. So if you see those guys do the kick snap and then look over to the sideline, that's your average tempo. It's going to happen. They're going to snap the ball with right around 10 seconds left on the clock. Um, and you know, that's again faster than last year where they would snap the ball with five or four seconds left on the clock.
1: You know, one of the concerns I had is Donovan People jones did not dress for the game, and then Tariq Black left the game. Um, you know, towards the end of the of the first half, so um, you know he ended up returning, but you know that was one concern I had. You know, heading into the game, you know I said one of the only ways you lose this game is um, you don't lose on the scoreboard, but you lose if you have any key injuries. So I did not like to see Tariq Black leaving the field. Thankfully they said that it was cramps and he did return. Um, but again, you know that that's the kind of thing you watch for in this game. You know, first time going full speed. So that was uh, that was one thing. So I think that um, you know according to Jim Harbaugh um, you know all the players are are potentially back for Army. And again, we really need to keep an eye on uh, several weeks from now, the Big Ten opener, uh, Wisconsin. But speaking of Army, that's the next game up. Uh, before we get to that, do you have any final thoughts on Middle Tennessee State? Uh,
0: no, I think I think we, we covered at least the offense, which is what we really wanted to see. You know, it's new. It's tough to really judge um, what we're doing with Don Brown until we get past this triple option threat we know he's already kind of geared up for Army and has been since probably back to the spring. So Middle Tennessee State and uh, a a real good, quick slot receiver Um, like we faced. I I think we did a good job of neutralizing their best threat and um, still give up some big tackles, still have some things to improve on. But uh, we saw that Don Brown's defense and and what this team is going to do uh, he's going to work against red teams. It, it can execute against the talent level. So uh, check the box and, and moving on. And now we've got a quite a challenge uh, coming up here against Army.
1: You know, it crossed my mind, you know, looking at the schedule this year with the back half, be, the back half of the schedule being so loaded up and with Don Brown making some key adjustments to the defense this year. And again, him basically saying you know what a challenge this triple option is it'll be interesting after the game to kind of question whether you needed this kind of distraction this season. Uh, Now the nice thing is they do have a bye week after so you do have a a week but you know it's kind of an interesting schedule because you have Middle Tennessee State you have the unique challenge of Army and then you're pretty much thrown right to the fire of Wisconsin. And I think, you know, we talked about in the preview that we're both looking at Wisconsin as being a particular challenge. First, the game's on the road and, you know, which Michigan traditionally uh, lately, the last decade or so has struggled on the road. So it'll be interesting, but first up is Army. And Clint, what adjustments do you expect Don Brown to make Uh, to prepare his defense for the triple option of Army?
0: Well, I think first, uh, from a personnel standpoint, you're going to see a lot of rotation with two heavier uh, interior defensive linemen on the field, as opposed to uh, testing out a lot of the speed pass rushing that we saw against Middle Tennessee State. So it's a big game on the inside for guys like Carlo Kemp and hopefully Donovan Jeter uh, back from injury. Um, and we'll see the health status of Mike Four uh, on the interior there. Those guys' interior there are going to be absolutely critical um, to really stuffing the first read and understanding their roles and responsibilities against that triple option offense. They're, uh, the key to the triple option offense is stopping first the dive, uh, stopping the fullback. And uh, they may be getting their best um, fullback who did not play in week one, they might be getting him back um, for week two against Michigan. So those guys in the middle there uh, at defensive tackle, three techniques, and at the nose guard are going to have to have a big game. And then your middle linebackers, especially your Mike linebacker at Josh Ross is, is going to be absolutely critical to stopping those first couple reads. And then um, once you get to the edge and stopping the quarterback, uh, we'll see whether they're playing – um, kind of feathering it out, making the quarterback wonder whether he should keep it or pitch it, or if they're just going to attack the quarterback hard and then, and scrape over with the Viper or the outside linebackers to the pitch man. So um, Don Brown's going to come at the option from a lot of different angles, the same way that he attacks the pass, uh, likes to rush the passer and never let the quarterback get comfortable. That same philosophy is going to come over to the read option. Um, he doesn't want the quarterback to be comfortable. So he's going to want the quarterback to uh, be reading different players than, than perhaps is normal. So he will not attack it the same way every time. And that's really the challenge is understanding which angle he wants to come from and having his players, everybody on the same page, what their responsibility is um, for that particular strategy versus any other. So um, it's it's quite a challenge. Army, Army, and their discipline and their disciplined approach are, you know, they play to what their strengths are, and that's uh, that's what their advantage is. So, we'll see whether mentally um, the defense is up to this challenge because it, it's much more of a mental challenge than a physical one um, this week.
1: So let's look at this from a different angle. You've watched the Down Brown defense play for several seasons now. You're familiar with the triple option. If you were on the play call, which option do you think would cause the Michigan defense the most trouble? Like, what would you be trying to set up and attack the Michigan defense with?
0: Well, that's that's a good question. I think the first thing where Michigan has been the thinnest and had some injury issues on top of that is those interior defensive linemen so i think they're going to they're going to really run the fullback into the middle of the defense and as long as they're getting three yards a carry they're happy this is a team that will go for it on fourth down from almost anywhere on the field they went for a fourth down conversion against rice in week one i want to say they were on their own 15 or 20 yard line they uh they are not afraid To go for it on fourth down. So if they're getting three yards a pop, they're happy because they know they're gonna. They got four cracks at it. Four times three is twelve. So uh, that's low risk for their offense, and that's where Michigan happens to have uh, some depth issues and some injury issues right now internally there. So I, I expect to see the fullback dive a lot. Then what that will build is you're gonna have some some where they're going to try to be explosive is when they actually pull it from the fullback and get the defense kind of collapsing into the, uh, the middle of the line. They're going to try to get the quarterback out on the edge to make big plays. And they actually won the game against rice scored their second touchdown on a play action pass. Um, they're going to throw probably less than 10 times, but when they throw, they're trying to score a touchdown. They're not, they're not picking, they're not moving to change. Uh, with the passing game you know third and nine they're going to run a reverse you know that they're they're not passing the ball to move the chains if they're throwing the ball they're trying to get in the end zone from wherever they're at so they're going to run right into the middle of the defense over and over and over again try to catch you fall into sleep and then they're going to try to go over the top somewhere between five and ten times uh, through the course of the day
1: what i'm looking for you know besides the normal tendencies of course is the counter option uh, with the quarterback? You know, doing that. I've been watching them. I've been breaking down tape of them against different opponents, and the way our our defense crashes, I could definitely see the counter option causing us some issues. But again, it, it's a it's a tendency breaker. I mean, it's not the kind of thing they're going to run ten times this game. You might see it once a quarter, but with uh, with the way that they they suck you in. They suck your defenders into always is crashing the one side, and you expecting them to go one way. Um, the, the other thing will be, you know, the success. Michigan's uh, success on defense is going to count on how often they can pound that quarterback. I mean, this is definitely a game that you want to you want to hit him legally, but but really start to wear him down. And if if he can avoid the big hits in the first half. And uh, you know, still maintain his speed and agility to to hit that counter. Um, you know, I, I really you know, the triple option's one of those things, it's fallen out of favor with you know, in in uh, you know, they're there are a lot more sophisticated offenses. But when you watch the the triple option, it, it's really uh elegant in its simplicity, right? But it to me I look at it and, and in a lot of ways it's kind of um it reminds me of, of, of uh, you know, the run and shoot, right? In that the run and shoot's great when you have the great quarterback who can run it. But as soon as you lose that first-string quarterback, um, you usually you, use a, you lose a lot of your capability uh, when you fall off to your second or third guy. And that's kind of how I look at this, at this, is that, you know, you can run the triple option, but it, but it really, for it to be really smooth and effective... You have to have a, a quarterback who can really really run it, and be really comfortable with it, and and know where guys are going to be, um, you know, kind of like that well well oiled machine. So, I think a key element will be for the Michigan defense to really get to him, you know, and, and that's the thing about the option, you know, the the regular option is you hit that first guy no matter what because he has the ball. Well, you can't you can't pull up, you can't be tentative. You have to hit them, you know. When you start thinking, is when you get burned. So I think it's going to be real important for them to really force that quarterback to do things and and to to make him pay whether he has the ball or not. So so that's what I'm what I'll be looking for. Um, and again, you know, this is this is really kind of a, a classic matchup. You have um, a really talented defense running up against a a fairly simple offense but just because it's simple doesn't mean that it can't be effective and you know like you mentioned army sells out this is what they this is what they run this is how they recruit and they uh use that army discipline you know that service discipline to to uh to its best extent in this offense so from a from a football uh you know, from, from just from a pure football sense, this will be a very interesting to see. Uh, again, there's no doubt that Michigan has more offense, but this is the classic system that, that is set up to take away your opponent's strength. And it'll be interesting to see how how Don Brown, Don Brown counters
0: it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's kind of the opposite mentality. Uh, and I think you were highlighting this a little bit uh, from what Michigan's offense is wanting to spread you out and make you defend every inch of the field from sideline to sideline, from behind the line of scrimmage all the way to the end zone, Um, spread you out and then find the space. This is much different where they're going to into a very, very tight box from tight end to tight end. They're going to, they're going to be making very, very tight reads, on first steps, right, hand placement, where's your head, is your head in this gap, or is it straight up with your blocker, right? They're they're really the minute details of football, stuff that uh, football junkies like like you and I um, probably could try to (laughs) – we could talk about it for for days and days, but um, that's really the the difference as to how Army's going to run it. And their quarterback is, is really what makes everything go. Like I said, they're going to they're going to pound that back straight into the middle of the line as long as he's getting three yards or more. Um, and, and then when the quarterback pulls it, they're, they're hoping to get, you know, five, six, seven yard chunks. If that's what's happening, then Michigan is in some trouble. And, and here's why the other the other benefit to this offense for Army outside of just maximizing their discipline advantage is that the clock continues to run because it's almost all runs they they threw the ball eight times again in week one They threw the ball eight times so the clock keeps turning they totally decrease the number of possessions that each team is going to have you can't put up 60 points if you don't get the ball nine times you know you have to be able to get your hands on the ball to be able to put up a lot of points so, the whole idea, and this is, we know this pretty well because it was a big part of Harbaugh's philosophy through the first four years, was to minimize the number of possessions and keep churning out yards and, and grind the other team down and eventually wear them out. So, that's, that's why I really look at the depth and the uh, mental acuity and the assignments uh, being performed by those inside guys on the defense. And, and hopefully we don't have um, – if you're seeing some injuries on the inside there or if you're seeing the quarterback getting five, six, seven yards a chunk at a time, um, it's probably probably time to, to go to the bullpen and start throwing some curveballs uh, because that's, that's exactly what they want is third and fourth down conversions, keep the clock running, and not give Josh Gaddis and Shea Patterson the ball enough times to put up a lot of points they want this down you know two or three scores they want you know they want a 20 to 17 game they want a 24 to 20 game and uh michigan has to has to be sharp and stop that triple option offense four times that's no three and outs this week it's you got to stop them four times and get the ball to your offense the offense has to be sharp
1: another thing from a strategy standpoint is I think that this is this is a a game where if you win the toss and you're Michigan, you take the ball. I think that you would love to get up on them by a score. Um, You know, I I think the worst case scenario is um, they win the toss, they take the ball or Michigan defers and Army comes out. And, and, And we've seen this before, Clint, where the Michigan defense will give up an early score. The worst thing that could happen in this game is for Army to come out and suck up most of the first quarter and score, because I think you would start to see, um, you know, the pressure really, really get on on Michigan a little bit. I think you know, and you always say you want to get up on your opponent, but I think this is really key um, for for Michigan to get on the board first and and to, to find some rhythm on offense, because like you said. You just might not get a lot of opportunities this week. The other interesting thing that, you know, again, from kind of a a football geek perspective, you know, X's and O's is that they run a really tight formation, right? Uh, You know, up on the offensive line. And one of the things that does is it really negates um, some of the things you see from Don Brown of wanting to crash the gaps and, and have, you know, blitzers come through everywhere. You just have bodies in the way. So it, it, it's interesting, and again, it it's it's one of those things. Just because it's fallen out of favor with uh, with most of of uh, most teams, you know, this is something you see a lot at at the high school level. You see it uh, fairly, uh, you know, more often on the junior college level. Just because you don't see it at the highest division, doesn't mean that it can't be very effective, and. Um, it, again, I, I'm I'm interested to see it. I really hope that it doesn't cause too many problems for Michigan, but I'm I'm really interested to see what Don Brown is going to dial up.
0: Yep, I I agree. I from a from a study standpoint, from a X's and O standpoint, I'm excited to see it. From a Michigan fan standpoint, I am uh, I'm pretty nervous because there are a lot of different ways that this could go sideways and and just slowly kind of nickel and dime us down the field and all of a sudden you look up and you've run out of time so got to get off to a good start certainly a much better start than we did last week but I uh I really expect to see this coaching staff make a big jump between week one and week two um there's kind of a cliche that that's that's what you're looking for between the first week and the second week, or the first year and the second year, you get big jumps in the learning curve, <clears throat> and I expect uh, I expect that to hold true this week. I think we'll be much sharper. Um, the things that were not so smooth will will certainly um, be be better this week, and that'll pay off. I think Michigan will get off to a, a relatively fast start, and um, hopefully, by the time we're coming down the home stretch in the third quarter we will we'll be talking about getting some of those freshmen and, and younger guys some experience against, uh, against a team that, you know, you're not going to see this offense very often.
1: So, Clint, what does the SP Plus say about this matchup?
0: Right now, uh, Army is 90th overall uh, on the SP Plus rankings. And currently, uh, Michigan's projected to win by 22.8 points. Now, Michigan, after their showing last Saturday, slid from 9th down to 14th, I believe. Yeah, 14th. So um, we went from in the teens on offense and defense, 13 and 14, down into the 30s, 32 and 33, um, on both of our, our offensive and defensive units. So, again, that that lines up pretty closely with what we saw on Saturday. There were problems on both sides of the ball. Um, for me, none of them were, were that unexpected other than, uh, Shea Patterson, uh, fumbling on the first snap. Everything else seemed like your normal week one type issues, especially, uh, installing a new offense. So I don't have any major concerns. I think, uh, Michigan will boost those numbers, uh, the, the, the really interesting thing from a math standpoint on the SP plus and, and army is that their efficiency number it, it, for a, a grinded out three yards in a cloud of dust kind of offense, their efficiency number drops really, really low because they don't get 50% of the yards they need on first down. They're not going to get seven, you know, they're not built on, they're not playing for three downs. They're playing for four downs. So they kind of turn the, the statistical system on its head um, in terms of how their offense ranks, you know they were the 55th ranked offense last year, but you know they went 11 and or 10 and two in the regular season. So um, it's interesting. I think statistically, Michigan's numbers will jump back up this week. And as long as they are sharp on offense, executing um, the RPOs and connecting on some of those deep shots, like we saw to Nico Collins and to Tariq Black, then Michigan's gonna be just fine. I still think they'll stretch it out. Army's defense isn't very good uh, on top of being, you know, less talented than Michigan's offense. So um, there's no reason for Michigan to be in any trouble in this game unless they're making mistakes. And uh, you'll know that by how it feels as you get into the uh, end of the first quarter and the second quarter. If it feels like a slog, if it feels like uh, the clock's just drip, drip, dripping away, then we're playing straight into Army's hands. But if you're seeing points up on the board early, and uh the defense getting stops on third and fourth down, then uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good Saturday for Michigan.
1: All right. Well, I think we both want to see a great Saturday for Michigan. Uh all uh, all interest in the X and O is aside. Well, that's gonna do it for this edition of the UM podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with
0: Clint Derringer.
1: Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast, all rights reserved. To subscribe, search for UMGoBlue on iTunes or the Google Play Music podcast portal.